This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host. Joining me to, uh, well, we're not celebrating just beating Burnley. That should be uh, something we do nine times out of ten. But uh, it's rare to do a show after a victory. But joining me to, uh, I was going to say, dance on uh, Burnley's relegation uh, grave after uh, we did on uh, Norwich's. But Burnley might be all right because Leeds are falling apart again. Uh, Mr. Chris Bird hello, and Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. How are you, gentlemen? All the better for seeing Leeds on the wrong side of a red line. <laughs> I mean, it was spoilt for for choice, really. Yeah, to be Everton, fair, yeah. Leeds, Burnley. I mean, it's uh, one of the better relegation. Get rid of the nothing team in Burnley. You can get rid of one of the ever-presents <laughs> in Everton. Or you can get rid of Leeds, who everyone hates. But they are the pantomime villain, and everyone needs one of those. Uh, at the, uh, the last Villa fan consultation group meeting, we were all asked by the... Uh, the main villa chap running the uh, meeting uh, who would we prefer to get relegated and uh, <laughs> that's a professional question isn't it well yeah he said since this is off the record and here we are discussing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's uh, but you know I, I can declare who I voted for because this gentleman in question used to work at Everton uh, obviously he didn't go for Everton but I boldly just stepped forward and uh, I think I was the only one who said uh, Everton well, you said in the last show, didn't you? Let, let them go yeah. down and let them go down for about 20-odd years. Yeah, well, 12 years. I'll be generous. 12, yeah. 12, 12 would be enough just to get us on the all-time, uh, most seasons in the top tier in English football. I mean, I'd be very happy to be in, in that place, actually. But I think Everton, Lampard's kind of turned them uh, around, so uh, they should be all right. So looking at the fixtures, I think Leeds are in a world of pain and they'll have mm. to pull something from somewhere. Uh, if Bielsa was at the helm, uh, they might not even be where they are now but you know that's purely speculation but mr bud uh, apparently you were at the uh, the aston villa women's game their last game of the season i was i popped down i smell i smelt a trap and uh i think i was proved you were proven right so what is it with you going to uh aston villa women's match are you worth literally six thousand people because i saw the attendance it said eight thousand i thought well six thousand of those is chris bud surely (laughs) there's that much personality in the crowd no it was a good turnout to be fair it was all all a bit last minute but 
decided to go down it. That was like my lunch break, to be honest. I'd had a late night, an early start. Got out of the house for a couple of hours, went and watched that. Pretty, uh, pretty. Abysmal. How was the game? <laughs> um, as a game, it was it was all right. I mean, Villa weren't great, Oof. Blues weren't great. <laughs> I've heard it was shocker. I'd go with that. Yeah, that, 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 that also works. <laughs> I was saying to uh, to Phil before we, before we recorded, it was interesting seeing how the opposition, having never noticed it before, I've never, I don't think I've seen a play in the in the, in the crowd. Layman is a bit like what Jack Grealish was to opposition teams. They're just looking yeah. for an excuse to just crunch them. Right. It's the strangest dynamic. Oh, to be on pitch side and hear what they're actually saying to her. Because you can see them just like, right, she's got the ball, go for her. It's really strange. So she spent half the game just on, on the floor, basically. Was she lashing out back? A little bit, yeah. She's, I've, I've seen her do it before. I remember there was a video that did the rounds, wasn't there? And she, she gave someone a good whack off the ball and got away with it somehow. Is it just because she's got like a social media Possibly, following? Possibly, yeah. There'll be that natural jealousy. A, and- as opposed to being any good. Possibly, yeah. It'll be a. It might be a, a slightly more personal thing than obviously. Greedish was very much. Yeah, you, know, you want to foul the, the opposition's best player. Um, yeah. Or was but, he? Well, um, dun, dun, dun. But, do you know what? Villa, Villa <laughs> had the chances to win. Wasted. They were awful in front of goal. Dreadful in front in the in the final third. But they actually, their their build up play was really nice. It just as soon as they got in the final third, it just all went to shit. Whereas Blues were the opposite. They were kind of they just played a solid back five, which made for a pretty boring spectacle but then they'd hit Villa on the break and they actually looked pretty pretty well drilled they had a good plan stuck to it and it worked and then they got they got gifted an absolute howler of a goalkeeping error and that plan is relegation because they, they are, are bottom no releg- they are rock they bottom are, they are relegated anyway we'll uh, we'll uh, touch on that in the Villa news uh, I just had a few days in Amsterdam to very nice was it good family yeah yeah we went to a gig I don't know if you know a band called Low. nope Bit of a muso band. People who really know music know who they are. Oh, well. It's a oh, test. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I went to that at the Paradiso. Oh, and, nice. Uh, venue. I'd noticed earlier on uh, when I went to get a beer, bring some beers back, uh, there was all these side doors, and I ended up going to a bar that, which was in another mini venue. like oh, okay. Obviously, like, like the Institute, they got you know yeah, two, or three, two or three venues. And there was loads of like teenage younger girls standing in the front of the stage waiting for somebody to come on anyway i didn't think anything of it just there was nobody at the bar so it was an easy bar to uh, raid and then uh, we finished the gig and we were walking out and i saw these doors again and i and i opened it and it was open there was a something was happening so I waved in my entourage and we ended up in a, a k-pop hip-hop gig love it with i think they were called the bombing tigers Okay. And uh, the guy on the stage was called uh, Amiga Sapien. Right. <laughs> and we stayed for about 25 minutes and basically got involved down the front. I love it. With, uh, I mean, it was weird. It was like being in a TikTok video or something. <laughs> <It was> bizarre. <laughs> you probably were. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You'll be trending bizarre. this time yeah. next week. Viral. But yeah, no, it was kind of an amusing way to uh, finish. And then I flew back to Birmingham, got off the plane and uh, got into town and went straight into uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse mm. of Madness or whatever it's called. Yeah. Which, uh, well, I can't give away spoilers because that's, well, although saying that, YouTube's pretty much given away everything. But I kind of like the 70s and 80s, well, it's Sam Raimi directing, and the 70s and 80s horror references mm. are pretty good. And, Bit of Evil know, Dead, of, is it? Yeah, lots of gore, lots of people getting fucked up. Uh, it's all right. I mean, I almost executed everybody in that cinema because uh, the amount of people that talk through movies, I mean, I obviously as a profession, I would go to film festivals and everything, and you can hear a pin drop. And I completely forget when you go to uh, like a multiplex, it's it, it's like a fucking zoo, isn't it? And everyone crack, crackling popcorn and yeah. 
Yeah, but just like talking all the way through, I, I can just hear voices in my head. And I did the evil stare where you turn around and just stare at people. <laughs> my pet like, hate, my pet hate four is or five people, times. Um, people taking selfies in the cinema in the dark, uh, the flash on, fucking wankers. I remember, uh, in, I think it was Lord of the Rings, the third one, the one that had about three or four endings. <laughs> yeah. Actually telling somebody to shut the fuck up. And then, uh, you know, we were nose to nose at the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just not on you know people out there just keep quiet when the films are on anyway that's my uh, soapbox of the week should we get into this yeah let's do it right coming up in the show uh, of course the villa news before we get into medium muppets three points and then digest what happened at uh, Turf Moor. But the first, it's, it's almost like the the Stanley Cup or the uh, NBA playoffs, where you play a team uh, like several times across the course of a week or so. So we're one 0 up in the Burnley series. Hopefully, we can make that two 0 and uh, sweep win it. sweep the series. <laughs> exactly. We should do that in the playoffs. Really, have like a five five game uh, series instead of. Uh, this kind of uh, semis and then five five. games of Huddersfield Town v Luton now there's a prospect (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got a point yeah probably probably not a good idea right uh, shall we uh, have some news what do you fancy do you fancy uh, desperate Zimbabweans boiling nappies to get high and new drug craze or the villa news well yes (laughs) (laughs) yes what either or oh wow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to look out a nappy here and just put it in the barbecue and see what happens. But apparently the drug users say that the sodium polycrylite, uh, the, which is the absorbent part of a nappy for those in the know, uh, gets them high enough to carry on with their grim daily lives. That was the headline. Is that what Zimbabweans have uh, been driven yeah, to? Apparently their economy's tanked, so they've been taking the residue from used nappies and, and boiling it and drinking it like some grim if only Ooh. if only we had this intel uh, in our relegation season or uh, even at half time against arsenal in the fa cup i would have been sniffing nappies in the <laughs> toilets uh, boiling them <laughs> boiling having a boil them. up i'd have set up you know like the pork scratchings man i'd set up a little uh, get your fresh used nappies <laughs> <laughs> little nappy boiler and i'd be selling them for five quid a sniff Anyway, moving on before we put we put enough people off this show that we're talking to nobody uh, when we get into the Villa news. Right, uh, I, I've lost track of this. There's no consistency anymore with Gerard's injury updates. People that you expect to be out this, for the season uh, miraculously come back. Players that never get injured suddenly disappear. And then, well, there's the uh, the permanent sick notes. And Mr. Bailey is, uh, again, uh, what's wrong with him this time, do we know? Bruised pride. But he's unlikely to be back, is he, for the rest of the season? Not that it's long to go. Going by, yeah, going by his Instagram, it's like, you know, Tough times, given to the strongest soldiers, things like that. So that sounds like a season ender. Yeah, Ramsey uh, still out with a groin injury, uh, unlikely to feature against Liverpool. It's a shame either. That it would have been nice to see him up against a really, you know, the top midfield. To be fair, It'd be a good, a good test of him. Yeah, although Sanson, Troy, those kind of peripheral chaps are uh, back around the uh, the match day squad. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, well, we'll talk about it in the main show, whether uh, Chambers will uh, feature in that midfield Mm. again. As you will know by now, uh, ticket prices uh, 
were officially announced by the club. Uh, we did, uh, as a member of the Villa fan consultation group, we did send a statement to the club saying we were concerned about the compound effect of uh, triple price increases, i.e. the 10% plus the reduction in concessions rates and also uh, zone, what is it, basically zonal gentrification where they've taken away the bottom two zones in the pricing uh, table, which uh, could have risen some uh, supporters' uh, season tickets uh, up uh, 250, 200%. So uh, the club agreed to cap that off at 50. Uh, you know, personally, I think uh, if you're going to do a big price restructure, it might maybe do it over two or three seasons rather than... Uh, a kind of a hard pill approach of doing it in one. But uh, since there's no real big supporter groups that will make a stand, uh, you can get away with it. Plus, you've got a season ticket waiting list for 21,000. So uh, there's plenty of... Uh, sorry, what did I say? 20, 24,000. So there's plenty of uh, room for them uh, to get all of this through without too much resistance. I mean, you're going to get people moaning on social media, uh, whatever the uh, case. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's difficult, isn't it? They, they, the club have got a job to do, and they need to get their revenues up. When you when you break it down in certain areas, in terms of like the match by match price, especially for a lot of the concessions, it's like kids going for a fiver. Yeah, it's like while that's a brilliant deal, you could easily double that, and it's still a very good deal. Because in that the initial ten season report that we were privy to, uh, there was benchmarking, for example, on kids' prices, basically to justify. Uh, tackling the concession rate which was you know it's like something at 86 percent off or something yeah, it's uh, crazy but they compared all kind of things entertainment wise you could take your kid to see you know whether it be the cinema or uh, you know whatever attraction park here and there and villa park was like you know super cheap in comparison so the benchmark low there then of course all the prices compared to other premier league clubs it was in the bottom three and a few uh benchmark comparisons so from that point of view that was the main reason because uh, it's like well who are we we're, we're meant to be like one of the, the elite clubs in english football or oh, that's where we want to be i mean the size of the stadium and everything's still up there at least you know it's top half and here we are with prices uh you know in the bottom kind of three so uh obviously after having three years in the uh the championship and then obviously a behind closed door season plus there hasn't been uh, the price increase in line with the Premier League, so we've kind of slipped behind in that respect. So uh, you can see why uh, they've done this hard price reset. Because uh, you know, as, as I said, you, if you were you know businessman and you're looking at it from their point of view, you, you can actually understand. You can't argue really; it makes sense. It's just when you start to uh, look at it from a supporter's point of view and the e economic context of where we are uh, currently, and it, you know perhaps is going to get worse energy prices etc etc and you know you start throwing in the emotional things of like you know well you know we haven't had a great season blah 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 the, the product hasn't been that great but then you know they can argue well you know we've got gerard now and not dean smith we've got coutinho now and not tommy elphick and <laughs> there's plenty of arguments there so uh at the end of the day you know it's still your choice and uh you know i don't some people straight away as soon as they announce the prices they're on renewing uh you know it's, it's a, like a badge of honor but you know I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rush into it i would uh you've got until i think june the 8th or something yeah i believe so yeah so just weigh it up uh mr vasilev uh phil shaw's favorite player has, has managed to get a move back to miami pat on the back to him Fair play. why why wouldn't you 
is already up and running. Yeah, exactly. Lifestyle all the way for Vasilev. Probably unlikely to uh, get a contract at Villa in terms of renewing it, uh, I would uh, venture. Yeah, that should be, that should be him done then um, when the his contract's up sort of when the MLS season ends. So even, right. I've seen him score a couple of goals for the, the under-23s, but he... I think his chance was whenever we had only El Ghazi up front. I think he, the last game I seen him play for Villa, I think, was the the Watford yeah. game where the they scored the late winner, where Konza Ming's combination scored the late winner. He was on the pitch in that one, so mm-hmm. he had his chance then, and he didn't get a go. Uh, we mentioned uh, it already, but uh, Villa women lost their final game of the season at home uh, against the Blues who were already relegated, uh, I believe, before the game. Uh, 8,000 people, uh, over 8,000 people turned up, uh, which uh, is, is, is always a good PR event, you know, with families and everything, uh, you know, especially for young girls. Yeah, it's who, a very uh, very young crowd. Like, it was, it was good to see yeah. you know, lots of like mums with daughters and the full family. I think it was like, it was, it was bloody cheap for them. I think it was maybe like kids for a quid or something. It was, so it was a good, it was yeah. a good turnout. Just a shame uh, they, they they didn't get the result because that always helps uh, in yes. terms of uh, yeah. solidifying uh, people's support. Well, kids' support. Yeah, and, and a shame they, to, they want to go again. Yeah, and a shame to lose a, a, a you know a derby game in the manner they did really because it was just another you know a goalkeeping howler that cost them the game. Yeah, Hannah Hampton, who's actually, uh, I mean, it's a strange, she's got a strange story because, I mean, she's in the England team and she's been getting games for England uh, based on this season, uh, her form this season. But she's like, has no sense of depth in vision, doesn't she? Yeah, she's got a, she's overcome like an eye condition, but she still has no sense of depth. As Chris Bud witnessed, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, for the corner. But uh, but no, she said it herself. She has no idea how she ended up being a goalkeeper with such a condition. But this what this is what happens. You double down on your adversity. I mean, maybe she, she's like that. It's just like this thing that kicks in where you go, well, that's my that's my weakness. So all focus on that, and uh, you you end up playing in goal for England. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So well done to her. Um, uh, anybody stand out there? Honestly, not really. I mean, looking at the table, they finished ninth, which uh, probably where they would expect. Because how many leagues within that twelve? Probably There's got probably top, you got the top three. You've probably got the top three. Then you've got probably that fourth to sixth, and then you've got seventh to probably uh, tenth. Yeah, yeah, ninth or tenth, and then the well, bottom you, two. And then you got your worse. relegation. You got your relegation girls. Yeah, if you go if you go by the goal difference, you can probably go from West Ham with minus ten in sixth place down because all the rest have a positive goal difference. So that's probably a good way to draw it. Mm-hmm. I would say like Tottenham and West Ham and Brighton and Reading are in that middle group that. Uh, is where Villa need to be next season to be considered progression. It's yeah, like, they, and they need the to, next um, step up, and they need to start being able to win games at home. I mean, regardless of you know Blues, you know, they'd already been relegated. They should be beating. They'd have been. They'd have looked at that game thinking we should be beating this team at home. You know, they, their home form has been absolutely wretched, and you can kind of see yeah. why. Where they're, they're just they've got nothing going forward, which is why they're where they are in the league. In the league. I think they're quite organised at the back, and they've got a good shape. Play some really nice stuff, but when they get in the final third. Yeah. The whole thing, just sort of the wheels fall off and you think you just don't fancy them to score. It's not going to help their home form next season when they're playing at the Poundland, Bescott Oh Stadium. dear, no. <laughs> right, uh, I'm segueing from Poundland to Media Muppets. Right, Phil, what's in the Media Muppet trough this week? Well, we've got a double header this week from the, the usual suspects of the battery hands. 
Um, the locals. No, the locals, yeah. Um, the first one was Ashley Westwood has been helping to plot against Aston Villa, was the, the headline. And I was thinking to myself, ooh, what? Ooh, yeah, ooh. what's this? The same Ashley Westwood who left. Ooh, ooh, what's this? Yeah, the same, yeah. See, the hook, the hook me in. He gets excited. He gets excited, Phil, yeah. by these headlines. Do. What do we have here? Uh, the, the same. This is the same Ashley Westwood who left when we get relegated. I mean, and he hasn't played with any of the current squad for Villa. It's not like a math target situation, is it? How many years ago was that? That was uh... six. No five, yeah, no safe. Because yeah. he was, did he even play in the the championship? Did he play the first couple of games? Maybe, he mm, Who knows? Yeah, he didn't float <laughs> any corners in that day. No, but um, it's just a, it's this really simple story. This one, it's just that the injured Westwood who broke his ankle and is out for the season, he's just temporarily helping the Burnley coaching team. But the the piece this week that really annoyed me was. Uh, one that made clickbait out of a decent insight from Paul Merson for a change. So those, that's quite rare to get a decent insight from Paul Merson. What a juxtaposition. Yeah. <laughs> so don't don't ruin it whenever he does get it right. So the headline was, Man City are tipped to make astonishing Jack Grealish decision as the season falls apart. Well, I mean, first, you got what season? They're win the league, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, I know, for a start, winning the league is now classified as a season falling apart. Grealish is about to pick up uh, a medal. Yeah, it's it's a rehash of this Merson quote that describes accurately how Grealish had freedom at Villa to dribble and now has to play a discipline game. Merson said he's a top player, big fan of Jack. I didn't see it really working, though. From the age of six, he's been taught to get the ball, dribble with it and beat everybody. From the age of six, he comes through the ranks, gets into the Villa team, keeps doing that, and then goes to a team that's all pass, pass, pass. 20 years he's been taught one way, and now he's going to stop doing that and pass the ball. So I think we all said something like that at the time, whenever he was rumoured to be leaving. It was never going to work. So this is this from the same uh, battery hen that did the, the Klopp-Gerard open chat? It is. It is from the same source. As I think I said on the last show, Jack Grealish seemingly now exists just for clickbait and media attention and hype. And uh, he's going to do well on that because he'll get uh, endorsement deals, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not really... Uh, I mean, Manchester City would have won the league without him, put it that way. That's for starters. Uh, I think he was added as a reinforcement because they're all their reinforcements now are all about winning the Champions League. But they're, they're hardly going to sell him over that. I mean, after a season where he's, he's barely played, it's they're not going to admit their mistake. Yeah, well, it's not a mistake yet. I mean, mm. it's like a season of transition it's going, you know, from two different worlds, really. Two totally different styles. And, uh, you know, he still has the same problem. And that's why I didn't understand why they bought him. was ultimately this, the same criticism, constructive criticism, that I always used to have. And that was like, here's a player that's been told to get in the box more, who's been told to get more goals and assists to his game. This is not something that was natural to him and something that he uh, really sought out which was something that a winner always does if you know what i mean it's uh that was the thing about he he just loved playing football he just loved to get the ball whether he's picking it up from his center back or he's out wide but you know you look at a heat map of where Grealish gets fouled when he played for Villa it's always just inside the halfway line isn't it when he breaks on through it was never like constantly around the opposition's 18 yard box and that was my uh, criticism. But you know, he's uh, definitely a season of transition and he's going to have a uh, league title medal to his name uh, by the looks of it. So uh, I, I would say that's a reasonably decent season for him. Yeah, it's hardly season falling apart and it's just another social media post to sort of like tease the fact, oh, if they're going to sell him, we'll Villa buy him back. That's just what, it's, that's yeah, the undercurrent. It's absolutely bollocks. People need to uh, get a grip and move on with their lives. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, time for the three points. Point number one. Just a catch-up of what was happening uh, midweek. David Moyes had to uh, cover his tracks uh, after uh, kicking the ball in the direction of a uh, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, time-wasting uh, ball boy as uh, West Ham... Uh, did they limp out? I didn't watch the game. Did they limp out or uh, just dispatched from the Europa League? Yeah, they were they, they limped out. They were sort of just... They were just like neutered would be the word for them away at Frankfurt. Yeah, and they were, they were they, they got put down to 10 men quite early on. I think that sort of knocked the wind out of the sails a little bit. So what happened with the, uh, the, the kick in the ball? Well, the ball boy was throwing the ball back and as Moy said itself, I have to apologise for kicking the ball, but the ball boy left it short and it was just nicely in the volley for me. That's that's exactly what happened. It's like <laughs> he just bounced it back to him and Moy said, I think it was nearly the 90th minute, he just had nothing, he just laced it on him. He, he didn't miss him by that much. And then, but of course, you have to apologise and things because the, the bench ran on from Frankfurt to defend the ball boy and everything Ooh. else. I did see uh, the Declan Rice uh, video when he came off the pitch and mm. he was accusing uh, the refs of, uh, well, basically corruption. Right, uh, point number two, miracle finish. Uh, this was the BBC, ridiculous. The BBC actually uh, said, is this the greatest end of uh, last day, end of season finish ever? Uh, after Bristol Rovers uh, managed to, uh, they needed a five-goal swing, didn't they, to pip Northampton yeah, uh, to promotion on goal scored, and uh, it wasn't looking good after uh, Northampton were actually three up after twenty-two minutes against Barrow. That's pretty much game set and match, isn't it? Barrow got a goal back. It was three-one to Northampton at halftime, and Bristol Rovers were only two-nil uh, up. So that five-goal swing uh, looking way, way, way out of reach. And then the, the proverbial shit hit the fan, not in a bad way, just in a crazy way, as uh, Bristol Rovers ended up scoring seven, leading to uh, a crazed pitch invasion. I mean, warranted completely. Yeah. With the owner going onto the pitch as well. Yeah. To uh, That was when the seventh went in, wasn't it? The, the first yeah. pitch invasion. Yeah, and there was, there was time left to play. That was the problem because it wasn't over yet. I mean, a goal either way could have changed everything. And uh, so they managed. They only had to go on the pitch to uh, get the the fans off. Yeah, and, and then it's not over yet, is it? No. Well, I mean, it, it's one of those ones. That it's nothing's going to happen because we've seen this before. But Scunthorpe 
they've they're already relegated and they've been play played like a, quite a weekend team. I mean, apparently they played the same like first year trainees. Yeah, the, the first t- three year trainee as a goalkeeper was the one that uh, I heard that there's pretty much big consternation over. But it was the they played that team the week before, and it was so exactly what Steven Gerrard's going to do against Liverpool. I'm thinking that at yeah. Villa Park. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Northampton, it's not over for them yet. They are, are in the playoffs. Yeah, but it just shows that there's always a Villa theme run through it. Glenn Whelan's in the, the Bristol Rovers squad, so he's he, see, overseeing another promotion. I've got a question. I've got a question for you, Phil. I've um, got a question. Great. Who would you prefer to play in goal? First year trainee or Oilan Nieland? Oof. Oh, there's a dilemma. Point number three, Mr. Nieland. Remember him? Yeah. Well, I, I did describe him in the notes here as a one-man goalkeeping YouTube channel because he lives like he's a like box a, of he's chocolates. Like a fucking, he's like a fucking soap opera, isn't he? Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get with him, do you? I mean, we, we have seen him at his best, that semi-final Thank against God. Leicester. What a, night, yeah. what a night that was. And then we've seen him at his atrocious worst and everything in between, I think. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't even know uh, that he had ended up at Reading. Uh, where, was, where was my last uh... sighting of him? <laughs> Yeah, my last uh, scouting a, of him, I think it was table in somewhere, Norwich. Uh, was it Norwich it went for a season or something? But yeah, for Reading, uh, if you haven't seen it, do uh, just search it on Twitter. There's plenty of clips around. Basically, uh, he doesn't realise there's a uh, Luton player, uh, Harry Cornick, uh, actually behind him as he's rolling out the ball to get play going again and doesn't realise there's actually uh, a Luton uh, player standing behind him who just runs around, takes the ball off him and uh, strokes it into the empty net. This puts uh, Luton up against uh, Huddersfield, while Forest now have a uh, tussle against Sheffield United. Uh, the big thing about Luton being in the playoffs uh, is uh, can Lansbury's playing deep-lying midfielder and Breeze playing uh, right wing-back. So there's a Villa has-been's connection to uh, that team. And uh, if, imagine if they won the playoffs and Lansbury march back into the Premier League. <laughs> Be staggering, with, wouldn't it? With James Bree on his shoulders. And the prospects of the away end at Luton for Premier League teams who probably never even played there in a cup game or anything. That Villa uh, fan consultation group, we were asked, who would you prefer to uh, get promoted from those uh, playoff teams? Surely everyone said a resounding forest, wasn't it? Yeah, although it was behind closed doors and we're not allowed to disclose uh, who uh, voted for who. But yeah, forest, forest. Right, hopefully forest will replace Burnley. Now, going into this game, a lot of pessimistic Villa fans actually I did a poll uh, how many points would we uh, get off uh, Burnley in our two matches and uh, 0 to 1 30% which uh, pretty much sums up uh, was it 25% that said we'd get 4 to 6 points not 25% went for the full 6 points and then you had 20, ah. 21% and 4 now that is schizophrenia Aston Villa supporters in a nutshell, isn't it? 30% going for uh, 0 to 1 point out of the two games against Burnley and uh, 25% going for the full full house, yeah. 6 points. Now, uh, I was thinking well, it's going to be tough because Burnley obviously got things to play for, but when I saw that lineup, I thought, "Yeah, I'm suddenly feeling a hell of a lot more comfortable about this game." Because uh, Gerard's actually addressed this game. He's, he's put out a, a team to uh, pretty much take points or take a point or three, definitely. And uh, Chambers was in there. We a bit of uh, debate whether he was going to start. I was thinking, oh, he'd probably go for the old uh, back three and then uh, use legitimate wing backs. But he actually played DM, didn't he? Allowing mm. uh, Louise to uh, drift a bit 
further up. And get McGinn further forward as well, which paid dividends in the end. Yeah, that was kind of a, a masterstroke. I mean, we've we've mentioned before Chambers, whether he... We, we dismissed him as a, an out-and-out solution as a DM, even though he has obviously played there uh, for Fulham, but that was in a, a relegation uh, team. But we said he's a, he's a good option for uh, the ad hoc game, for sure. And I think it you know, both fruit here uh, yeah. pretty well. It's just, it's as simple as he knows where to stand. It comes down to that he knows the, the area to be in. And when you put him in the team and you put Wendy in the team, there was a, a bit more steel in it. I mean, I think he thought that it was going to be a physical game. Yeah, that was the other, the head, well, the, the, the main headline it gave, was gave Coutinho, physical profile, basically. Was Coutinho uh, being on the bench and uh, Buendia getting a well deserved start was something we've kind of, uh, you know, if you had to choose one or the other, in terms of the long game, you, you choose the man who's actually signed to you, contracted to you. And Buendia does give you uh, that extra off the ball. And uh, I mean, you saw him pressing uh, and being pretty tenacious off the ball throughout the whole game. Well, for, for me, he was man of the match. But Yeah, and you needed that. But as well as that off the ball, uh, you know, he was very influential in terms of he was pretty much the difference, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, especially, especially in the first half. Yeah. in the first half and then like, start of the second he just ran the game for us it was really good to see it's one of those ones where you kind of go wow that's what he does bring to the table yeah and that's something uh, we, we were hoping when we signed him was once he once he's up and running he would be uh, the orchestrator of uh, what we can do uh, yeah. in possession I think we would said before that when they operates at a level sort of beyond the thinking of the rest of the Villa team I think in this game he, he, dumbed, his, he dumbed himself down and kept it very simple because <laughs> It was very effective because if you look at the three ball he played for Danny Ings for the first goal, you know, he yeah. just, just picked it out, just laid it perfectly in and Ings scoring against his former clubs, that's what he does. It was a classic Ings finish, wasn't it, the first goal, to be fair? But yeah, so what, you, what you're saying there, sure, is like Buendia was thinking, I could drop this over Ings' shoulder, but I'm going to dumb down and just yeah. like grass roll it through for exactly. him, make it easy for him. Don't need to do a blind reverse pass that the rest of the team can't <laughs> yeah. read, yes. We're in Burnley, we don't need any flair here, when in Rome. <laughs> Yeah, the the home fans won't won't be able to understand what I'm doing if I if I play my A game. So I'll keep. And they're too busy screeching at Emmy Martinez anyway in goal, weren't they? For yeah, well, there was one uh, Burnley fan who was uh, got got done for being racist towards the uh, Villa fans. So uh, we'll uh, in find Burnley, out what, surely not. We'll find out what happens with him uh, further down the track. There's video evidence and everything. So. Uh, that's them fried getting that first goal i mean obviously always important but it just allowed us to uh burnley just uh, phil was we were talking about this earlier on but but it's not it's a different burnley isn't it from the deitch burnley i don't think if deitch was in charge of this one i mean it's a sweeping statement but it might not have been as easy no it might because now they seem to be they're they're going toe-to-toe with teams now rather than having a game plan because i think their, their manager, Michael Jackson, brilliantly named. He's, he's just letting them play um, play football. Yeah, he's, he's, the, uh, he's the Fulham manager, isn't he, Michael Jackson? <laughs> no, it's this guy. Burnley is Mike Jackson as well. Um, but no, it's, and we've seen it ourselves. Whenever Villa go toe-to-toe with like Man City, the team with the better players are going to win. So Villa have better players than Burnley. So when it's toe-to-toe, Villa should win. And it, you'd think it's going to happen again. We'll hope it's going to happen again. What, in the return game? Yeah, in the return game. I think it was just the way the game panned out worked out really well for Villa in terms of when we got the goals. We got the early goal with a great finish. We got the second goal when Burnley were just getting up ahead of steam a little bit, not the stuffing out of them a bit. And then I think, obviously, the third goal early in the second half was, well, the next goal after half time was always going to be key. And I think if Burnley got a goal back, it could have been a very different game. 
We got the third and we and it killed them and Burnley just had nothing after that. They really rolled over. It was a very easy last uh, sort of half an hour for Villa. Yeah, as I was saying in Match Club uh, at half time, it was like there is uh, there is still that there is still a potential massive momentum switch if Burnley do score an early goal. Yeah, because you know with the home crowd and obviously their predicament. But uh, Villa, the the third goal was it's something we've we've been. I think the last time we we saw moves like that was against Leeds, probably at Villa Park. And the Southampton game, obviously, in the when we came out yeah. quickly, came out quickly and got the third, and then killed the game. And then, of course, then you can make the changes like we did. You know, you can bring Coutinho on at Burnley and give Chumaweka a run out. So let's let's dwell on that move. I mean, it's just when you when you you're a bit more zippier in terms of you know exactly what you're doing in terms of your passing and the way we move through Burnley at speed. Our third goal was a brilliant move. Yeah, back to it front, was. Wasn't uh, it? You know, this. Yeah, this is exactly what happened against Leeds. But something we, you know, we we've kind of missed, which we thought would be part of the game. Uh, well, from the from the start of the season onwards, but uh, especially it's kind of uh, what Gerard wants to see as well. Yeah, you, not often you'll see an overlapping John McGinn either. I mean, Dean comes inside. Yeah, well. McGinn goes. Brilliant. I can go in the overlap. Great. And to be fair, Watkins has the whole goal to aim at. He puts it through the goalkeeper's legs. It's like you know, probably gave Pope more of a chance to save it than he should have done. But it's a brilliant goal and a really good positive thing for Villa that their three main sort of attacking players in Buendia, Watkins and Ings all got on the score sheet. Yeah, and Watkins' header was shades of Andy Gray uh, yeah. diving header, which uh, always. Uh... Well, it's it's un- underrated uh, as a w- way of finishing because you don't see it that often no, anymore. nowadays. The brave diving header, and then at fifty or fifty, uh, you know, fifty-two minutes when you sort of start, you know, you're, you're in control. You, you think, well, that should be the game now. It's up to you what you want to do. I thought Villa controlled it really well. They sort of went into sort of cruise control, but they had a few moments where you thought, ah, oh, they could have gone and chased, chased a few more if they needed to. But they've, they've got the job done here. It was nice to see Chuck Moeka off the bench. I thought he did really well. Now, he hasn't featured for quite a while, but actually, I thought they they brought him on in a position where he wants to play, where it's sort of playing off the forward players, getting involved rather than being a bit deeper. Did he forget his big boy socks? Because he was <laughs> uh, he had these little uh, like like running socks on, like really short. They didn't even look like they were rolled down. It was just like a different mm. size sock altogether. I need to, to see that close up. He certainly went looking for the ball a lot more than we've, we've seen. And he, he, and he drove with it, didn't he? Yeah. He picked it up and he drove at them. I think, I mean, admittedly, if, if you're going to bring a young player on, throwing a up away from home against a relegation threatened team is probably not the worst position to come on. And he was probably thinking, well, this is my kind of game here. It's going to open up a little bit. I'll get a bit of space. I'm not going to have Burnley trying to like kick me and... Um, he, he did well. I thought. I thought all the subs did pretty well. Actually, I thought Young did well. Even Coutinho had a couple of nice touches. It was just a shame we couldn't maybe go and get another goal or two because I think on another day that there was potential there to really massacre them. Yeah. So Conza came back, but I mean, it, it was kind of typified his season because he had yeah. a shaky one, didn't he? Especially yeah. the first half era, wasn't it? I mean, they probably should. have... Was a double, wasn't it? Where yeah, he, he fucked uh... it twice. They should have scored really. Yeah, he, he let the guy uh, once he kind of capitulated, he got it back, and then he let it, you know, let another mm. guy straight through, just dispossessed him, mm. and away he went. But he, even on their goal, it was him that was napping. Oh, that was just a crap. I think I think Gerard would have been quite annoyed at that because yeah, yeah, three and I don't think necessarily flattered us too much. Conza just literally let him go, didn't he? Yeah, the whole collective defensive shape just vanished. It was like oh, yeah, thought the, thought, thought the final whistle was coming. There was only Konza, yeah. there was Konza and Mings were the only ones in, in Villa's half at that point. And, and M- Mings was the only one trying to stop it because Konza just gave up. His, he was like a statue as the ball went past. And then, you know, Mings was in uh, Mission Impossible territory, but, you know, he was giving a good go to try to uh, save the clean sheet, but alas, not. 
but a good positive performance, and it keeps that little you know mini run of form we've had going recently, and it makes the top half finish uh, still within reach. Yeah, because Leicester had game a game in hand, but then they lost against uh, Everton. So uh, I thought they might have run their race. So that one, if we can beat Palace, then might maybe a top half finish. I mean, we'd probably have to beat Burnley as well because uh, Liverpool, Manchester City. I'm not writing off the Liverpool game, by the way. And I think Manchester City is a good chance they'd have won the league by the time we play them. So uh, they might drop a bit of intensity. So we could win out, win every game. Well, that'd be a good way to win the yeah. season, wouldn't it? After after the way it's gone recently. <laughs> the goldfish kicks in uh, once again. <laughs> Hurrah. But we, know, we did finish the season uh, beating Spurs and Chelsea last yeah. season. So, yeah, and uh, we, frankly, we do owe those big boys a, a scalp at some point. You know, Hopefully against Liverpool. It's been pretty lean against those ones. Very disappointing season in that respect. I mean, Manchester City are the one that we haven't beaten yet yeah. uh, in the last couple of seasons. I want to beat up. I mean, ultimately, I'm not that bothered. I said a while ago, I expect Manchester City to win just looking at the fixtures. And when Liverpool uh, actually got through and they're in the, you know, they got through in the FA Cup as well, it's just for them to keep mentally getting up for every game and, and we're talking two games in a week now it's going to be really hard for them to uh, and it, you know this, after getting back and winning in Europe you've got to uh, entertain Spurs who obviously have something to uh, play for so that was never going to be easy and then they're straight at Villa Park rejuvenated Villa team it's going to be it's going to be tough for them I think they'll have some some com- Villa should have some confidence and, yeah. and because you've won a few games you've kind of got that air of bit of a free hit let's just be brave and let's have a go and you never know yeah, I mean, despite the fact that Gerard's going to play the under-18s. Uh, <laughs> Even but, more of a free uh, hit then. <laughs> but we'll see what happens there. These games are coming quick and fast. We'll probably do a match reaction uh, to the Liverpool Liverpool game for the Mayo Menced patrons. Uh, thanks very much to uh, Gav in Australia for signing up and also uh, Mark Hazard for uh, signing up for, for an annual subscription. If you sign up uh, annually, you get two free months, uh, which is 15% off. Go to... Uh, myomensaid.com and click on the patron link to get more details there we will be having a uh, match club bonanza on the last game of the season a bizarre. For, the, uh, for the uh manchester city game no doubt uh, as a Man- myomensaid patron you get access to the ex- extra podcast channel and uh match club as well which uh as well as the meetups on match day it's a 24 7 kind of operation anyway right so any final words I'm just looking forward to uh, finally getting my money's worth on my season ticket now. Is it three three home games in nine days or something? Yeah. With Liverpool, Liverpool Palace and uh, Burnley. Yeah, I forgot my coat in uh, Amsterdam, so uh, these late night midweek games. Uh... Hoping for a nice su- summery, uh, warm evening. It's yeah, nice, it's, it's, it's for... nice walking to the ground in the <laughs> evening when it's light, though. It makes a nice change rather than like cold, wet Januaries. Yeah, I'm hoping the temperature stays up for, for the evenings because, uh, uh, yeah, dropped a, dropped a ball there. Right. Until the Aston Villa bonanza. Can we get three wins out of three? Is it actually possible? We'll find out. Until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.